following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. The Tom Dupree Show. We've got a Darsh Mesh Roof, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson joining Tom Dupree. And our leading music is Home Free. Ring of Fire. Johnny Cash song. All right, pop me down. Is that acapella? Yes, okay. even the drums. Nice. They got one guy that sits there and goes. You know, he, yeah. he's doing that. Yeah. That's that's his job. Okay. What's the group name? Home Free? Home Free. Say? They also um, did that um, new version of Lee Greenwood's God Bless America. He did it with them and the uh, Air Force singing sergeants. That's a beautiful version. Oh, it's unbelievable. I also love the, the pentatonics, too. Yeah, that's that guy's from the 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 guy on there was from the Pentatonics. Oh, okay. So oh, they wow. they had him on there as a as a guest. Nice. There was some big uh, um, acoustic uh, acapella competition several years ago that the Acoustic Cats yeah. were in. They didn't uh, win, but Nick Lachey was the uh, the host of that. Really, I remember what you. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, home free won it. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick. Nick Lachey. Where did they have that? I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, I just remember watching it. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that's something I really. I mean, those guys won it. That's and uh, they also do a version of uh, "God Bless the USA." Just them. Yeah. At Mount Rushmore, and it's. Oh wow. It's different in some ways. It's as good, if not better, than the Lee Greenwood one because the, the it's real tight. It's the, just five of them. 
the Lee Greenwood, though, I mean, his voice is still just 77 years old. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So it's good to see people still doing something patriotic nowadays. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really good. All right. What do y'all want to talk about? A V-shaped recovery could still happen. Uh, this is an article from uh, Jim O'Neill, Project Syndicate. Since March, I've been more open than other commentators to the possibility of a V-shaped recovery from the pandemic-induced downturn. Though I have also consistently warned of stru structural challenges facing many economies in the decade ahead. I don't know what this guy's smoking. I, I, you know, I see that there's been major changes to a lot of economies and a lot of stuff isn't coming back. You know, yeah, anybody, somebody, somebody had to have put this uh, story in here. <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, let's have it. Why are we, why are we talking about this? But I, so you're the culprit. Yeah, yeah, so. Everybody just stares at the doors yeah. like, well. yeah. it was it was me. I thought so. And part of the reason was because the headline itself is pretty provocative, you know, uh, right. or unbelievable, I guess, that despite everything that's been going on, we could have a, a V-shaped recovery. Now, if you look at the stock market, and if the stock market is uh, an indicator of uh, – what's to come with the economy just because the stock market's a, a forward-looking mechanism. Uh, it is plausible that we could have a V-shape. He's talking about an economic recovery, not just uh, the stock right. market. Main and, Street as well as Wall Street. Yes. And his main argument, so he's got this indicator. By the way, Jim O'Neill used to be with Goldman Sachs. Uh, I don't know if he's retired now. But he was the guy who coined the phrase BRICS, which was the emerging market countries. Yeah. Um, so he's got this indicator, which he created at Goldman Sachs called the Global Leading Indicator. So he looks at economic data from six, seven different countries and a few different uh, metrics. He looks at uh, manufacturing in the U.S. He looks at... Uh, the Belgian Business Confidence Survey, the South Korean monthly export figures. And uh, he says that all these indicators are actually uh, improving. And uh, he thinks the main <coughs> reason behind that is just the response of uh, governments throughout the world to this crisis, where there's been so much fiscal stimulus that's been pumped in and central right. banks have all acted together and pumped in money and lowered interest rates and so forth. So he says that there is a possibility that we could have a quick recovery if, you know, as things normalize. Right. You know, um, I was with a guy today, um, and one of the things we were talking about, you know, it's, it seems to me, and we've seen this in our practice here, that the real driver of economic um, prosperity is manufacturing. Um, I'll just give you an example, Toyota. Uh, you, you, you look at people who walk out of there after 25 or 30 years with a, a sizable um, you know, retirement 
account, where else or at what other kind of job would they have been able in the private sector? That is, that's not the government sector. People are getting stuff like that all the time, but where else in the private sector would you have seen that, uh, kind of wealth, uh, get built up? And, you know, to me, um, America, uh, needs to manufacture more things. We, we need to, if we can bring manufacturing back, I, I think that's why you like the semiconductor area because, um, that is manufacturing and it's still a lot of it's still done here in the U S not all right. of it, but quite a bit is, and it's a value add. It is. And I, I think a lot of manufacturing will come back, uh, to the U S we are already seeing, uh, indications of that. Although I'm not so sure if they'll create the same number of jobs that, uh, these manufacturing uh, industries once did just because of automation and robotics. Right. Uh, so some of these jobs are going to get automated. Even a company like Amazon, if you go to their warehouse, there's a lot of robots that are doing things which humans used to do at one point. Uh, so I, I think the future will involve more manufacturing locally, uh, more 3D 3D printing and such, uh, but uh, it'll also be manufacturing that's done by robots and manufacturing that's automated. Um, so, and that's that's just the nature of how this has progressed. You know, uh, every generation, manufacturing stays, but uh, the technology that is involved with manufacturing constantly evolves. And we are at the stage where uh, machines can do a lot of manufacturing. And uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That means that the quality of life of people can also improve. They don't have to do some of the manufacturing, which was perhaps at some point dangerous or uh, not as uh, productive. Well, to, to your point, Adarsh, that's where, you know, job trends move towards things like specialists, like, engineers to understand the manufacturing process to help design the robotics and automation processes um you still have to manufacture the robots too uh to your semiconductor point all all of that robotics automation all those processes require all kinds of different semiconductors yeah but on the job side though i mean you're looking you know you've seen it in a lot of uh smaller towns um you know, mining towns in Kentucky or, you know, uh, steel, different things where you've had this shift to automation. And from a big picture kind of thing, you have to have on, on the employment side, you know, we're looking at 11% unemployment right now. Some of these jobs will not be coming back for that very reason. Um, so how do they counteract that from, you know, an inflation and deflation standpoint, um, you know, consumer spending, what, you know, what programs, you know, on the retraining or how do these people that are now out of a job get jobs? 
Yeah, there's really no easy answer to that question. Uh, like you said, some of these jobs. Well, we are looking to you for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's not going to be an easy process, and that's just how it's been. Uh, we saw that with coal mining jobs. You know, some of these jobs were lost seven, eight, ten years ago, right. and they oh, yeah. haven't really come back. Uh, well, the coal industry's been shedding. In Harlan County, where I was born, it's been shedding uh, uh, workers probably since the 60s. You know, I mean, um, there used to be 85, 90,000 people in Harlan County that, you know, and there were several major mining companies. Right. Now, I don't know of any. Right. It's been a very long and slow decline but uh, it has been a decline. Right. And the challenge is the demographic that's involved with these industries. So say a coal miner uh, lost his or her job and they were 60 years old. At that point in life, it's hard to retrain and go into another profession. Whereas if the person Mm -hmm. is maybe 25, perhaps they could retrain and move on to something else. So, uh, there, there is scope for retrainment, retraining and some of these uh, jobs or some of these uh, jobs that are lost can be replaced with other jobs, uh, but uh, it, it's not going to be an easy transition. Yeah. My, my question um, and, and my point I'd like to put out there too is, is you know, those jobs, as Darth said, were lost a long time ago. I think that automation and the pandemic, I think that jobs that could be lost this go around um are a lot of lower income food service jobs you know the mcdonald's worker where you go in and you now you can go in and hit hit the buttons on the screen and order your food and go pick it up yeah Mm -hmm. um you know from a robotics and automation standpoint those jobs those jobs might not come back right and you know that that becomes more of a that that becomes more of i guess a policy do you um, do you provide education assistance, or do you provide you know w- w- it'll eventually be some sort of assistance program? It'll, yes, that's that's more than likely. It'll have to be something like that. Um, I mean, if you look at how things have progressed, say over the last hundred years, you know, uh, people have gone from maybe working sixty hours to today about forty hours a week, five days a week. Yeah, well, that was the labor union movement. And, you know, there were tremendous social upheavals, especially in England, to uh, keep uh, child labor and just lots of uh, abuses that uh, were going on in in terms of uh, labor. That's true, right? And then the second thing that happened was in the 60s, 70s, more uh, women joined the labor force. So all of a sudden you had... Kind of happened around World War Two and afterwards. Right, started happening. Right, it was a necessitated uh, thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, well, my point being that uh, an improvement in technology and more automation does not necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could improve the quality of life. If you also. don't embrace it, you're a luddite. <laughs> right. I mean, right. you know, I don't want to be a luddite. Right. You know, uh, they were. Remember breaking printing presses and tearing stuff up because it put people out of jobs, you know. You should embrace technology for sure because it's just a better way of doing things. 
Right. So you from the spinning wheel, you went to you know cotton gin or whatever. Uh, so yes, I mean that technology has to be embraced at some point. Now it is disruptive. It it's not easy for people who are involved in the jobs that are disrupted. But uh, I mean, you've got to get used to. It. So here's a huge disruptor here. Stocks hit all time high. You all know what I'm talking about. Tesla. Right. I mean. Um, I don't know if I could know how to use a Tesla. Uh, you don't have to. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the, you just the, get the, in the and go. The point right? is, um, and we were talking about this the other day. They ought to give you the car because they use it to bring in so much. Right. Uh, it's like a, a, it's like a, you're, it's like you're driving in a piece of Google or something, you know, right. it's, it's, it's sucking in everything you do. And, and, uh, I don't think people understand that this, uh, Elon Musk has a vision where he's going with it. And, uh, it is definitely being embraced by the market right now, whether they're selling any vehicles or making any money is almost immaterial. At this point, it is yes. It's the it's the idea of what is possible, which is driving the stock price up. Just you yeah. know what this company could be at some point down the road, and we are seeing that with companies like Amazon. Um, although there comes a point, you know, in the late nineties, there were so many companies that were disrupting. In the by the mid nineties and the late nineties, we knew that the internet was the next big thing. And there were all these companies that were involved with the internet and their stock prices went up 20, 30, 50 times. Uh, and then a lot of them don't exist anymore. Yes. So, and, and it was the same with the railroads and canal boom that happened at one point. It was the same uh, with every new technological boom, with the radio, television, there are companies that are in those uh, at the, you know, leading edge. Uh, but, do their stock prices make sense, you know, at some point? So that's the the question, you know, we have to ask with a lot of these tech companies today. Yes, the future is going to be different, but uh, is that already priced into some of these stocks? No doubt. Well, in the from an investment standpoint, you know, you look at what the the hot trade is, and it's been during the during the COVID situation. People are looking for something where their money's not, where something is not going to go away. Right. So they're looking at the company saying, okay, Apple's not going away. Microsoft isn't going away. But the thing that I think a lot of investors are missing is you look at Intel in the year 2000. Intel just got back to where it was in 2000. Right. So, yes. And their earnings have gone up every year. Probably. Right, right. But you know when if you're if you're an investor and you're buying the the fang stocks right now at these valuations you're saying okay the, the company's not going away that might be true but so if, if you Intel buy, was in there would they be the fang stocks fang 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 fang, fang. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you buy apple at 380 dollars a share thinking okay apple's not going away that may be true the company's not going away but how long is it going to take for you to actually Earnings make to money 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of investors are missing right now. They're just parking money in something that's not a place to park money. This right. is an investment when you're, when you're putting has, money there. Right. It's not risk-free. There's risk involved. Right. So, no, that's true. I was just reading that, you know, Warren Buffett bought Apple a few years ago. And today, 43% of the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio is Apple stock. So imagine all the other companies he owns you know, American Express and Coca-Cola and so many other companies, but Apple is now 43% of the entire portfolio. So that's the, that's how so skewed So Berkshire Hathaway is basically Apple. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> yes. well, how how long has he owned Coke for? Oh, for early 80s. Yeah, probably. yeah but it, Apple's... That, that's, that's the insane part. Right. <laughs> right. From a sports perspective, I, I I put it like buying LeBron James straight out of the womb and saying, you know, he's going to win me six NBA titles. Well, he still hasn't grown into that yet. We ain't got any sports right now. I know. I mean, you can't use that. I've been watching the basketball tournament. Ugh. From when? From what year? No, it's it's live this year. They just don't have fans. Uh, Keeneland is about to start. Uh, yeah, decided, it started a couple of days ago. Right. Which basketball tournament? I think tournament? if you it's own the horse, the you can be in the tournament. stands. It's like a $2 million prize. It's a, a single elimination tournament. Who's playing in it? It's like a lot of like overseas pros, uh, ex-college players. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You notice I jump right in when I hear anything about sports. I'm so starved. <laughs> hey, listen, it's time to go to a break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, coming to you from the Dupree Financial Group studios on Main Street in Lexington, Kentucky. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Real story. Silent crime. We need a police force. Open the schools. Now is surging back up. Jobs closer to the election. Happening in real time. Exactly what happened. This is real life. This is very real. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Are you interested in keeping your business local? At Dupree Financial Group, we don't share a large percentage of our revenues with a big firm in New York or elsewhere that has a corporate agenda that doesn't include Kentucky. And because we keep our revenues local, we are able to invest in our local research and client service efforts. We believe the investment business is best when it is personal and local. For a free analysis of your retirement investment portfolio, call us at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, please be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. Ready, set, prep. Prep is a daily prescription medication that can help prevent HIV. You may be eligible to receive prep medication at no cost. Ready, Set, Prep is a program for people who do not have HIV, have a valid prescription for PrEP, and do not have prescription drug insurance. Talk to your healthcare professional to find out if PrEP is right for you and apply at GetYourPrep.com. That's GetYourPrep.com. Apply today. Did you hear that David Horowitz, author of the new book Blitz, is predicting more protests against President Trump this summer? In Blitz, Horowitz is warning that Antifa wants to stop Trump at any cost. 
Blitz is already a number one Amazon bestseller. All this week, tune in every night at 7 p.m. Eastern to Greg Kelly Reports on Newsmax TV as Greg goes behind the scenes with Horowitz to find out the real agenda of Antifa and other radical groups. Newsmax TV ratings are up 200%, and it's already the fastest-growing cable news channel in America. Find Greg Kelly on Newsmax TV. Everyone carries us. Direct TV 349, Dish 216, Xfinity 1115, Spectrum, Cox, Optimum 102, Uverse 1220, Fios 615, Suddenlink 102, Mediacom 277, Wow, Armstrong, and more. And don't forget to get Blitz at bookstores or check out the free offer from Newsmax and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to blitz411.com, blitz411.com. This is the Kentucky News Network. Kentucky has a new education commissioner. Following a nationwide search, the Kentucky Board of Education says it selected Dr. Jason Glass. A native of Brandenburg, Glass is a third-generation Kentucky educator. He earned his doctorate in education leadership from Seton Hall University, a master's in political science, a master's in education, and a bachelor's in political science and history, all from the University of Kentucky. He began his teaching career at Hazard Independent Schools. Most recently, he's been serving as superintendent and chief learner for Jeffco Public Schools in the metro denver area since 2017 as commissioner glass will oversee kentucky's k-12 school system and its 650,000 students i'm suzanne duvall in-person unemployment assistance is coming to covington and prestonsburg it'll be in covington july 13th and 14th and in prestonsburg july 14th and 15th i'm will clark this is the kentucky news network it is a much better looking and feeling day across the area than what we've had for the past week. On this Saturday, a mix of sunny clouds, lower humidity and temperatures into the low and mid-80s. Soak it up. We'll see another cold front into town on Sunday with some strong thunderstorms that will go up as the day wears on. It's windy, low 80s, comfortable air on Monday, low 80s again with some sun. Have a great weekend from the WKYT First Alert Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. When you're stressed, you just don't feel like yourself. New Natrol Relaxia, a full line of drug-free supplements to help you manage occasional stress and anxiety. A special blend of herbals keeps you feeling calm and balanced throughout the day. Because when there's less stress, there's more you. Try new Natrol Relaxia. Learn more at relaxiamood.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Not having identity theft protection is like fumbling around in the dark. Ow! Monitoring your credit and bank statements may not be enough. With your info in so many places, cybercriminals could use it to steal your identity. Yuck! LifeLock helps detect identity threats like your info on the dark web. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock sees what you could miss. Get up to 25% off your first year with promo code NEWS at LifeLock.com. David Horowitz, author of Blitz, is predicting more protests against President Trump this summer. In Blitz, Horowitz warns Antifa wants to stop Trump. Blitz is already a number one Amazon bestseller. Tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern to Greg Kelly Reports on Newsmax to find out the real agenda of Antifa. Newsmax TV ratings are up 200%. Everyone carries us. DirecTV, Dish, Xfinity, Spectrum, Cox, Optimum, Uverse, Fios, Suddenlink, Mediacom, Wow, Armstrong, and more. Newsmax TV. Real news for real people. 630 WLAP.
Eyes that look like heaven Lips like cherry wine That girl can show enough Make my little light shine too much i'm gonna pipe it on down um welcome back to the tom dupree show powered by dupree financial group nothing on this show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities while stocks and the stock market will be discussed on this program and have been discussed in the first half hour check with your financial advisor or professional before investing over to you tom okay uh Article from the Wall Street Journal, banks could get $24 billion in fees from the PPP loans. These are the loans that the Small Business Administration has uh, extended to uh, small businesses through banks. And as I understand uh, from talking to people who know people who are with banks, it's a bureaucratic nightmare. And uh, there's supposed to be uh, forgiveness for these loans, and they don't know how to do it. Uh, the paperwork hasn't been established on, on how to make them forgivable loans. Um, so uh, I don't know whether these banks get paid fees up front for doing the loan and have already been paid or if it depends on how the loan works out and whether they forgive it or not but it uh, says here jp morgan chase and bank of america are in line to split between one and a half and 2.6 billion dollars in fees for being the conduits of the government's aid program for small businesses stricken by the coronavirus shutdown according to an analysis of newly released data uh, in total the more than 4,000 lending institutions in the analysis are in line to split 14.3 billion to 24.6 billion in processing fees for PPP loans Um, you know but Question is, is it worth all the trouble? Is it, are they going to get paid? What's going to happen? A lot of loans have been made. Supposedly they're to be forgiven because that was the whole idea. It's like giving them money. And now they don't know how to forgive them is what I've heard. So Yeah, I think two, two things I, I think about this. Um, the first thing that – the first point I wanted to make – um, that I think is kind of interesting is that 
you know, the whole reason that the PPP program got started was because it was government mandated shutdown and this was to help small businesses survive, um, you know, through, through the program. But on the flip side, um, the government realized that, you know, by shutting everything down, there was damage done to the banks as well. You know, you, you think of, um, you know, in, in the thralls of March, uh, and, and April, a lot of these banks were, were taking loss reserves in the billions of dollars. Uh, you know, I feel like these fees on these loans potentially are the, Hey, we'll give you these fees on these loans. Um, without saying that we're bailing the banks out again, it's kind of a letting them make some money, a backhanded way of, of, you know, patting them on the back. Uh, you know, ultimately, and, and everything that I've, I've read, you know, really from both sides of the table is that there, there's going to be something politically that it, the IRS can't keep up with this. Like, you know, the, the, not the treasury department. I mean, like none of these people really can keep up with all that. Like you said, the bureaucratic work. So it's going to be anything under a certain amount is just automatic. Just flip the switch and done. When you have to look too, they, they have an out. Uh, on the forgiveness part, because the SBA determines if it's forgivable or not, and they keep adjusting the terms of it, you know, duration, who's out. I mean, you've seen all the political backlash of these companies that took it and they're, you know, saying, well, you know, you shouldn't have taken it. This was for small business. So if the SBA determines that by whatever set of rules there is that keep changing, that they determine that this uh, borrower was ineligible, well, then they're going to claw back the fees that they paid the bank. And so it's, it's big brother, you know, that's all the way around. around. And and I think the, the rock and a hard place that they're stuck between two though, is, is, you know, if, if they do something like that, then it kills trust. Then, you know, if you, if you need the banks to step up, in a time of crisis again, they're not going to do it. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I mean, they, they, they've been stuck or, before or you, or you can, yeah. Or and, you, and, you know, they keep well, going back. Okay. The banking, I'm just going to say this and I don't care if somebody agrees with me or not. When you got FDIC insured deposits, you effectively nationalized the banking system. That's what happened. When you when when that when they had to have their deposits um, insured by the government, um, you have no such thing as a private bank that can take deposits. I mean, theoretically you could have one and, and have, have them rated by, you know, a rating service, but basically FDI insured, insured banks are essentially, they are kind of told what to do by the government and therefore this thing of the banks not being there, the hell they want. They'll be there if the government tells them to. That that They got tarps shoved down their throats mm-hmm. in 08, 09. Whether they wanted to take it or not, they had to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Paulson sat them down in a room and said, you're taking this, you're taking this, and not a one of them could – they couldn't do anything. Why? Because they're FDIC insured institutions. Told them who they were buying too. Yeah. They're basically exactly. You're buying Merrill Lynch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened 10 years ago. And, and, but the only reason it happened is because X amount of years before that, you know, uh, whenever the, the last banking crisis was that caused the FDIC yeah. to have to come into existence that's when it when FDIC came into existence. So this is taken into another step. FDIC had to be created because of a lack of trust in the banks, because <laughs> what happened was fra- you know, fractional reserve banking is great if everything works, but you get enough loans that go bad and enough people uh, go watch the movie. Uh, what's the, the big short. No, the one they showed at Christmas time every year with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, um, oh, uh, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a run on a bank. I've never seen that movie. Yeah. They're, they remember when they all come in <laughs> wanting their money and, and he's waiting for the right. waiting, waiting for, for it to close for the day. That's what happened there by one, the, all the. If all the depositors want their money at one time, you're in deep doo-doo. And that's why the Federal Reserve System was created to prevent uh, run, runs on banks, although... Ostensibly. Yes, the Fed was created in <laughs> right, 1913, uh, and when the Great Depression happened, they actually did not do a very good job of preventing uh, runs on banks. They did not... And that was the post analysis. Well, they were tightening. Uh, the The Fed was was actually tightening at that right. point. Right. When they learned their lesson, remember right. Bernanke said, "We're going to helicopter in money and all that." <laughs> right. You know, they, that's, that's kind of what we've done in the last two months, three months. I mean, it was that's, essentially helicopter right. money. Right. Exactly. And then after the depression, there was also the Glass Steagall Act which uh, tried to make banks not take as much risk because the fear separated. Was that's why you have a, a JP Morgan and a Morgan Stanley, because what happened was they were all part of the house of Morgan right. and they split them apart. Investment banking was separate from. Yeah. And they had to form two different companies and, you know, uh, they spun off They actually down here, the old, uh, Security Trust Building, uh, uh, they uh, broke off uh, the securities dealing portion, became Springgate and Company, Tom Springgate's uh, grandfather. Right. That was that firm was formed as part of the Glass-Steagall Act, and that's right. how that's how that firm came about in the newspaper, or it's. It's a ma- matter of history. Um, lots of banks had um, stock dealing uh, operations in them, and Glass Steagall required them to split. Right, but like the- now they've merged back together. In some cases, they've merged back together because I mean, look at J.P. Morgan Chase. Right, they do everything now. That's true, right? Yeah. So they they did relax the rules. I think it was in the nineties under Bill Clinton when right. they relaxed it. But like the the gentleman that we met yesterday, uh, 
he was telling us that banks have become like utilities where you know they're regulated so tightly and then there's it's not a purely private enterprise anymore there's always the government involved so utilities have to be completely wedded to the PSC to tell them what investments they can make and how much of a return they can make on them and so utilities have are kind of political animals in in a, in a sense right. and banks are becoming that way well they already the, are I they think. already are right so i mean you know you you, you got to find uh businesses that where to quote you animal spirits uh kind of unbridled entrepreneurialism can still exist right and i i think i was co- quoting john maynard keynes when i said animal spirits <laughs> were you <laughs> just where credit is due right <laughs> and i think even robert schiller used that phrase in the 90s so that was a keynes know. quote i believe so that's where it originated yeah. yes well i think to to that point too you talk about animal spirits and and freeing yourself from a, a nationalistic i guess regime you know 0809 created 0809 created things like aircraft leasing companies you know container leasing company mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of companies that owned hard assets that the banks didn't want to have on they their couldn't, books yeah, right. they couldn't right. be in that business anymore and you know my question would be are, are you going to see something like that come from from what's happening right now you know, we're talking about all this automation and things like right. that, but is there going to be, you know, a, a, a push towards, you know, a, a new sector, new new sectors being created potentially? Right. And and we've seen, you know, something like a lending club, which is peer-to-peer lending, you know, that's something like that. Where Zoom video conference. Yeah, Zoom, yes. Uh, so, yes, even a company like Blackstone Mortgage Trust or, a, you know, Chimera or a Crexus, they they are like banks in that where they are not doing the banking function. Lending Club is more like it matches you matches lenders up with right borrowers. It, it disintermediates banks. Remember know? when the, they had that big meltdown? And <laughs> right. Everybody thought it was Lending Tree. Right. And, yeah. Oh yeah. And it went down too. <laughs> yep. It was funny. So a few. Uh, <laughs> Weeks ago, this company called uh, Zoom Info went public and everyone thought it was Zoom and, you know, they ran up the stock price. And there's a Tesla's TSLA. There's a company whose ticker is TLSA and they ran that one (laughs) up too. So it's it's amazing how much uh, speculation that there is, you know, and some of these go up. 100 200 percent until well, people realize that they're people realize <laughs> that's the wrong company. See, oh tesla's at 36 cents today i'm gonna buy some that's oh, scary, wrong, like wrong how it's tulsa oh yeah it's scary how <laughs> like how dense some retail investors can be to do oh, something well, like look that. at the people that are on uh dag on uh what you call it robin hood man this stuff I, you know <laughs> look at the look at what they're buying hearts yeah yeah that could be a good business model. You would think of tickers which are close to, you know, tickers which yeah. are 
and then you just go public. (laughs) (laughs) We ought to talk a little bit about what we do before we, what what are we in terms of, um, people right now, um, Mike, what are you seeing from clients and, and that kind of thing and, and, and just their thoughts and yeah, what we're talking to them about? So for new uh, prospects that are coming in, um, what I was talking about a minute ago on you know the FANG stocks. Um, well, first off, I can't tell you how many times we see it where something's just been on autopilot. Um, And autopilot isn't just 401ks, 403bs. Uh, Autopilot can be annuities, Um, you know, a a number of things, be it, you know, variable annuities, uh, uh, all these these products that have been sold uh, in the past that have just been kind of sitting there. Um, And (laughs) we've, 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 done some uh, analysis on some annuities here recently and the lack of return in these things has been mind-boggling i mean we're talking 10 years 14 years you know time horizon and worse or no better than a cd talk about that rider there was a rider on an annuity where it guaranteed a seven percent withdrawal until the contract value is exhausted, which means basically we're going to, you can take 7% of the contract value, which is what the annuity is worth or 7% of the premium until it goes to zero. That's no different than if you had your money in a savings account and you said, I'm going to take, if you had a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, I'm going to take 70,000 a year until it goes to zero. It's your it's a return of your own money, and but they collected a fee on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, over Up over front and ongoing by oh. allowing you to take seven percent of your money of your own money. And I want to say at Dupree Financial Group, at no added cost, you can take up to a hundred percent of your money until it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so, if I put that in, there. <laughs> but it's it's people are realizing during all this volatility, um, a lot of aspects of the portfolio that's has just been on autopilot. Nobody's right. been watching it. Um, and it takes, it takes times like this to shake people out of complacency. Yeah. And, um, that's what we've been seeing a lot of, um, for our clients. Um, you know, we're meeting with them in person. Like we always have always will. Um, and just going over exactly where they are. We're going over where the the problem parts of the portfolio are, why we like it, what we're doing, actions that we're taking. Um, so just fully explaining what their money's doing, why it's invested in what it's invested in. And you can meet with us personally. Uh, we want to see our clients. We want to talk to them. We want to be with them and look them in the eye. Which brings us to our whole platform or the theme of our business, which is educate, guide, and empower. That's our goal with our clients. And we also will meet with them on Zoom if they're not comfortable coming in. We have a 
a virtual platform that will also, although a lot, what we're finding widely is that people are very glad that we are on Main Street and available to see them eye to eye. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We're wrapping it up for this week with Mike Johnson, Philip Sexton, and Darsh Mishru, and Tom Dupree. You can find us on Facebook. Our website is www.dupreefinancial.com. Our phone number is 859-233-0400, and you will have a live person answering the phone, and it is not a 1-800 phone tree. Come see us. We appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Real stories. Violent crime is skyrocketing. We need a police force. Real events. Open the schools. Now it's surging back up. Real life. We can't shut the economy down again. Jobs. Sports. Money in their paychecks. He's not changed anything. Closer to the election. Happening in real time. At the top end, 30 minutes past the hour. Exactly what happened. Really, really important. This is real life. Real life. This is very real. Is News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. Are you tired of your financial institution being closed? That the only way you can communicate with your advisor is through a computer? At Dupree Financial Group, we're doing in-office, face-to-face meetings at your option with our clients and prospects. The volatility and uncertainty of today's financial markets is enough, but it adds insult to injury when you can't visit with your advisor personally. Well, with us, you can. For a free analysis of your retirement investments, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and dupreefinancial.com.